When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Yep, yep. Say it. Oh, sorry. I didn't know we were <laughs> No, no, we're on. <laughs> Holy okay, Friday. Okay, reset. Reset. Okay. Happy motherfucking Friday. Is it happy, though? Because I'm looking, and it's going to be minus 28 degrees Celsius tonight. Cat? I know. It's going to be cold. This is the point of the year. There's two times in the year where I actually worry for people, and it's when it gets really, really cold, a polar snap, whatever whatever it might be, a vortex of sorts, and when it's so hot, you can barely breathe outside. And it's one of those nights tonight here, and I know, hey, stop it. I'm going to say stop it right now, you northern Ontario people. You're going you're gonna to message us and you're going to say, oh, is minus 28 cold for you one night? Yeah, it is, okay? We don't live in, you know, way north, wherever it is, Thunder Bay. We appreciate you listening from there. I know, that's tough. I don't know how you do it some winters. I really don't. But here, that's a big deal for us. And tonight, it's going to go down to feeling about minus 30. But anyway, it truly, my, my point was it truly does worry me sometimes for the people that don't have places to go. And animals that are out in the cold in these temperatures. Oh, God. I've, you know? That's I mean, what really... Ha- animals and people who don't have another place to go, another option. I, and I, have you seen that before, too? People leaving their, like, little dogs out in these temperatures? And I don't mean for a bit to pee. Don't get me wrong. Of course. Dogs got to go pee, whatever. Or you're... I just... Why do you got to let out your cat in the middle of the night? I don't know. Sometimes cats like to go out. They just don't realize how but cold it is. But it's that cold, it's, doesn't that worry you? It does worry me, yes. Like, you have a cat? Yeah. That worries me. My mm-hmm. little dog tried to pee with all four feet off the ground. The other day. <laughs> like I swear to God, yeah. I'm not even joking. He he like tried to put all his paws up, and he's like, "Oh, that doesn't work." The little ones too, yeah, right? They absolutely. hate the cold. But see, my dog does not mind the cold. He's got a, he's got a big coat though, right? He's an Australian Shepherd. He doesn't mind. But even when it's this cold, I think it's because he's getting older. He's like. He's out there. He takes a pee. He looks around. He's like, okay, fuck uh, this. I'm going back inside. He's I, at that stage. Now. I say, I mean, shout out to the dog owners who can get their dogs who have uh, tiny little paws into those little boots. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I can't do it. I saw it yesterday They're and I was so like, cute, man, I'm so though. jealous that it works. Yeah. I, I normally I'm a, I hate clothes on a dog kind of thing because I'm like, they're never happy. Yeah. They're never happy when you put a sweater on them. My dogs just look at me like this is the most miserable thing you could yeah. do to me. Um, but th- th- it's obviously working. So this little dog's running up and down the sidewalk and having a great time. My dog, can't, I can't do it. I've bought yeah. boots. I've bought, they look like little feet condoms. They're like yeah. little, little balloons. Yeah. Uh, I've, uh, I had a, a listener actually sent me a homemade wax. Yeah. So I was going to ask if you did the wax. He hates it. He hates yeah. anything on his feet. He can't, he won't walk. In it, all fairness, so do you. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, don't I want to take my, my shoes off right now. Both of you they, are very much flip flops and, and sandals kind of people. I'm, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But they say, they say, and this is, I have no experience on this because like I, my dog is fine usually with the cold temperatures, but they say to try to get them used to it by, by having them wear it inside too. Won't do it. Yeah. He won't do <laughs> I it. I feel like, like that's probably a bad idea if your dog hates it. And then I feel bad because yeah, he's looking at me like, please help me out of this nonsense. Yeah. And he'll, they'll end up just shaking them off. Both yeah. my little dogs do it. They'll find a way. If they want to off their body they'll find a way i bought one of those um once i bought when we were selling our house i bought one of those anti-shedding coats for my dog Mm -hmm. so it looked breathable awesome looked it up online good reviews i'm like okay leo i'm gonna strap you in this because we were moving the reason why is because i didn't want to have to clean up too much and a lot of viewings in the house and blah blah so i put this coat on him and then we left the house at one point so i'm just trying to get him used to this coat we come back to the house one day he got it off i have no idea how he <laughs> squirmed his 50-pound body yeah, out it. of this suit that zipped up all the way to the top. How the hell did he do that? He is that like that. Like, get this shit off me right now. So well, sometimes you just can't. On your comment about the cold, I was on a, uh, a Teams meeting yesterday with a bunch of people, uh, staff, and one person is working out of Naples, Florida right now. And so I'm looking, and I see palm trees 
and I and I, I not a, a word of a lie. I thought they had one of those uh, green screen backgrounds, <laughs> like one of those pre. I'm like, wow. But then he was wearing like this very Florida Floridian hat, and I was like. You're in Florida right now, aren't you? He's like, uh, yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, that is, oh. Like, looking at those palm trees, I got, I got really, I had, I had some FOMO going on. Like, yeah, I, I really wanted to be there. I haven't seen a FOMO, uh, a FOMO, a palm tree in person in a, lo- in a long time. Now. Yeah. I said, I want to go to there as soon as I saw it. Yeah. I was like, please. It's Friday, so Dave Blazard joins us. Dave, we haven't had a chance to talk about many things that have happened this week with you because, well, you're here on Fridays. And I'm dying to know if you can, this will be a trivia question, name something in a grocery store that will kill sperm. Go. <laughs> you know, I, I know the story. I, I actually know the story. So, um, hot sauce in the condom. Do you love this story as much as I do? Yeah, it's uh, Frank's Red Hot. We put that shit on everything. <laughs> the memes are the best part about the story, right? And he, Drake loves it. He does love it. Yeah, he does. Well, he come out, he came out of that looking like a hero. He protected his best interests. He did the responsible thing by a using a condom and b uh, making sure that there was no chance of cross contamination. He did it right. He he got consent. He hooked up with obviously a beautiful woman, even though we don't know who the woman is that I know of. Do no, you know who it is? No, I, I don't believe that this person has actually come forward. She's just saying that she's con- she was considering suing and told a story to some to the me- to one outlet. Huh. Okay. Well, whether it's true or not, who knows? I but was, I love it. <laughs> I was a little sketchy on the details. So he puts the hot sauce in the condom after the fact. Yeah. No, before he likes his dick. I was, nice I was and hot. Gonna say, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, gonna heat no. this bastard up. I'm like, why isn't he suing himself? Oh, <laughs> I'll give the you the point for him. Yes, hooked up with her, asked for consent first, did all the right things, went to his hotel room. Um, there were details on what happened and what positions, but oh, the, the main story is. Afterward, he went to the bathroom. That's when he allegedly, she didn't know this at the time, put some hot sauce in it to kill the sperm, tied it up in a knot, and threw it in the garbage. And which is nice for hotel staff, I said, right? Like just tied up in great. a knot. It doesn't dribble everywhere. Half the time they have to go in and it's like just flung on that weird <laughs> chair that they have in the hotel room. Oh. <laughs> and then we come along and touch it. Yeah, never sit on um, the chair in a don't. hotel room. And then she went into the bathroom directly afterward, attempting to get pregnant with his baby because that equals money. And oh. just I guess didn't look like, cum's not supposed to be red. She knew this, right? I don't know. But anyway, attempted to impregnate herself in the bathroom with it after the fact. And then got... And, uh, oh, like, fucking burn. Yeah, yeah. It probably still... It's probably still burning. Oh. I couldn't imagine that pain. Hot sauce on the inside of you. <laughs> on the most sensitive skin on your body. One time. And I'm shocked that, that you don't... Re- maybe you do remember it. And you're just not mentioning it. But uh, Scott had a hot sauce on a wing once. We went out for wings with a bunch of people. And he got hot sauce in his eye. Yeah. Like, directly into his eye. This was a serious injury, Kat. Yeah. So, like, legit, like, not even a joke. Like, seriously, this was a serious injury. So, everybody, I'm going to try and describe this the best I can. Picture yourself holding a drumstick, a chicken wing drumstick. And, and you probably hold it with three fingers. Your thumb your index finger, and your middle finger. Sometimes, wingeries, and I don't mean to spe- uh, to single anybody out, you know who you are, like to not just put sauce on the wings, but basically drown it in sauce. So I picked up this wing, and I went to take a bite, and it literally slipped through my fingers, and my fingers splattered the hot sauce in my eye. Yeah, it's like he flicked hot sauce into his own eye. It was awful, Cat. The burning on your eyeball from hot sauce is crazy. I know what place you're talking about. They should have one of those eye wash stations that you see inside labs at the, just in case that shit happens. He should have to sign a Wemis form before you sit down. <laughs> yeah, But it, yeah, and I remember distinctly um, that this didn't go away right away. Like you, if I remember, you end up going to the doctor like the next day Mm -hmm. and it was all swollen and and awful. How hot was that? Do you remember? Or if it was just like a mild or medium sauce? No, it was, uh, it wasn't suicide. I think it was Buffalo and Buffalo is hot. That sounds like something jackass would do in the jack. They would probably drop that in their eye on purpose. Yeah. Like. Like you Frank's didn't even Red get Hot. paid for that, and you did yeah. it by accident. Like a Fred's, uh, Frank's Red Hot Visine. That? I feel yeah. like I could just picture like Steve-O doing that shit. Uh, just awful, though. So I can only imagine what happens when you put it in your body. Not good. Not a good feeling. It's uh, a strange time for celebrities, guys. We have Drake sticking hot sauce in condoms. And then, uh, well, then there's the prince yesterday, basically disavowed by the palace. His mother cut him off. You're out, fucker. See you later. Good. You know what? The queen is a boss. 
She is on top of stuff. She doesn't want this stuff tied to her family or her legacy. It was probably a tough decision. Well, he is my son, but this is the monarchy. I, I, I can't condone this. Nope. And she cut him loose. God save the queen and may the prince burn in hell. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, obviously it's an allegation. Mm-hmm. But I think we've all heard enough of these allegations mm-hmm. over the years that we could probably form an opinion about what happened here. And if he's the kind of guy who was being led by a billionaire in Jeffrey Epstein to go down to private islands and, th- and stuff like that, specifically with the intention yep. of hooking up with underage girls. Yeah, I can't think of things that are more deplorable than that. Yeah, there's very few, uh, very few times where you can go explain this to me, and I'll have an open mind. Like it, when it comes to kids, maybe cr- there's a story yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. No. well, we haven't no. heard the whole story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I no. look at this, and, and I there's very like there there has to be very few people who will tolerate any crime against a, uh, a child. Like yep. there, there can't be many people who are like, no, nah, let's hear this out. Nope. Awful. And then there's Kanye West, who punched out a fan yesterday. What is going on? I find he's in the news a lot lately. Mm-hmm. There's music coming or something like that. He It's cyclical, right? He goes away for a while, then he comes back. He's in the news a bunch, and then we get new music or something he's trying to sell. Yeah, and I mean, it didn't work the last time. I mean, his last album wasn't exactly a mainstream success, but he's uh, he got into a fight with a fan, and... This was over a comment that the fan made or there's got to be more to it. Of course, there's probably. Well, is there more to it? I mean, in Kanye's mind, maybe. But in real life, maybe there actually was nothing to it. Uh, But he does. There's certain things that he says. And in the video, you can hear him say it. And it seems as though it was something to do with family. And he was very concerned about what someone said to a woman. A lot of people assuming that means Julia Fox, the woman he's currently dating. Someone said something to her that had to do with his family. I mean, I don't know. All I know is that allegedly he punched this guy in the face. And now LAPD has launched a battery investigation naming him the prime suspect. Give me your hand. Give me your hand. Hey, man, I'm protecting us no, now. No, get away what? from me. I'm protecting us now. I am your family. I am your family. Give me your hand. Give me your hand. Hey, go ahead. No, no. Who was supposed to talk to her? Why did he just do that? What is wrong with him? Is anybody helping him? Because this kind of reminds me of the Antonio Brown situation. At first, it's like, oh, my God. Holy shit. He walked off the field. And then people realized this is someone who's probably dealing with some pretty deep mental health issues. He is. I mean, it's not a probably thing, Scott. We know that. And he spoke about the fact he was on medication and went off it at one point. He got with Kim Kardashian. He was on it. And then he got off it again. It's possible he's not taking his medication. Maybe that this has nothing to do with it. We have no idea. But we do know that this is kind of a part of what Kanye is all about. My question is, Julia, what are you doing? Mm, we we're not like can't claim to be pals with him or know him intimately, but we've we've talked to Kanye several times over the years. Yeah. And I remember a distinct difference with the way he was before his mom died and after his mom died. And I think that that like she helped helped him stay in line. Um it totally, totally rattled him when his mom passed away. It's he's he's experiencing trauma still. Yeah, absolutely. I have no doubt about it. And trauma can get you for years, yeah. and decades, really. Yeah, and so, it, it's sad. It is sad, right? I mean, you can look at it and go, ah, ha, 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 like like you, you guys said, but something's up, something's oh, wrong, and yeah. he needs help. Yeah. Um, and whether you think that his actions are deplorable and you, you don't like the guy, um, you, you can't just turn a blind eye to something like this when something's really wrong. It's also hard when, when someone doesn't want, does, knows that they need help because he said this before. You can look past, on, past interviews on this exact subject and what he was diagnosed with, and then he refuses to do it. He yeah. said that it stopped him from being creative when he was on the medication. So all signs point to maybe he went off of it. Again, we don't know this as a fact, but that's what signs are pointing to at this point, especially considering he did just split. There's another big life event. He is splitting from his wife. He doesn't seem to be at moments. He's happy about it. At other moments, he seems unhappy about it. There's news about her and Pete Davidson everywhere. That probably fuels the flame. So I, I do hope he gets the help he, he needs, but he, he's people around him have been trying. Okay, so it's different for Kanye because he lives a different lifestyle than all of us. Sure. But one thing I would point out is we've all been through a breakup. Well, maybe not you. You married your high school sweetheart. Uh, no, yeah. So you've never really been through a bad break. It sucks, just so you know. It's very, Don't do very it. Good. I've been the dumper. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. yeah. But that's high. that was like high school stuff. When most of us break up with somebody, 
we aren't constantly bombarded every time we open social media or every time we turn on the television with sure. pictures of your ex and their new partner. Right. Most of us don't have to deal with that. Kanye does, and everywhere he goes, they either want to ask him about what kind of crazy shit he's up to or Kim and the relationship. And he's still got to see Kim. She's the mother of his kids. But she's running around with Pete Davidson and doing all this stuff. And it's got to be incredibly hard to deal with, especially when we know that he has a hard time dealing with this shit. Yeah. So yeah. just on a regular day. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I know all this and it makes it way worse. I feel real bad for him. Uh, we're kind of in a celebrity realm here. We're kind of cutting cat's grass a little bit, but we're going to stay with this because I want to ask. Cut my grass. <laughs> if you were the immigration minister of Australia, would you have deported Novak Djokovic? Oof. Because <laughs> they tried to. They, they revoked his visa. Yeah. Then a judge gave it back to him. Now the immigration minister stepped in and left him hanging for a couple of days. And now he said, yeah, get out of here. And he can appeal that. And he kind I know that there's some people who don't like Novak. He's because kind it, of a piece of shit. Okay. I'm going to okay. say it. He's it, kind of a piece of shit. Can I ask why we're not calling him Novak's? Novak's Djokovic. <laughs> ah, that's brilliant. How's, how has this not officially yeah. been changed? You know what? I would have had a different opinion of this had he not found out he was, and we know this based on picture evidence, had he not found out he he was positive for COVID, next day went out unmasked in front of a bunch of people, adults, kids, all yeah. kinds of people, the next day knowing you you were positive. To me, that takes that takes a piece of shit. It's one thing to stand up for what you believe in and, and, and all the paperwork is correct and I have an exemption and this and that. That's one thing and I probably would have had another opinion. But then you hear a lot of stories about how he is as a person and then that fact... That's enough to make me say, yeah, I'd kick him out too. Maybe this is a total generalization, but doesn't it seem like the people who have medical exemptions didn't want to get the vaccination? There's not a lot of people who say, you know what? I would be lining up for this booster. I would be lining up for the vaccines, but I have a medical exemption. Shucks. I can't do it, but I would really like to do it. It seems like every medical exemption that we hear about is somebody saying... Well, I don't want to get it. I have a medical medical exemption, and it's like they flash it at you. Okay, but ironically, he does have a legitimate medical exemption. He just had COVID a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't even know this until you told us last week. If you've recently recovered from COVID, they don't recommend you get the booster right away. Immediate, yeah, in some cases, they don't. Yeah, and, Is and it I'm, the booster he didn't get, sorry, or has he not been well, vaccinated at all? he hasn't been vaxxed at all. At all. Yeah. yeah, so that's a little different. But shot yeah. three is the exact same as shot one. It's all the same shot. Well, he would have to start at one. Yeah, you start at one. It's not a booster. Of course (laughs) not. Hi, I'd like a booster, please. What were your first two shots? Yeah, that's what I mean. So he's unvaxxed. He is not vaxxed. No, he's not. But he couldn't get vaxxed now even if he wanted to because he did just recover. Know what I mean? So that's a valid medical exemption. Yeah, but he didn't. Well, but he didn't have one going in, I mean, come on, though. Let's be honest. He's a person. He could have gone in the first two shots. Don't don't give me that, that shit. He could have done it, and he didn't, and he doesn't want to probably. Is it possible that the reason he is fighting so hard to stay there, because I can't figure it out. I mean, he doesn't want to be vaxxed. Australia is a very pro-vax country. They've got some of the strictest protocols in the world. I'm surprised he even wanted to go there. But there's millions of dollars at stake. He's the defending champion at the Australian Open. If he doesn't play, this is going to cost him a fortune. And I'm wondering, because he'll get an appearance fee. Tiger Woods, for example, in golf, whether he wins a tournament or not, gets paid a lot of money just to show up. And Novak Djokovic is exactly the same. I love that that's going to stick now. That's great. He's got a ton of money on the line. And I'm wondering, is the fact that he got to Australia enough to get his showing up bonus? Or does he not get it unless he plays a match? And I believe it's three days away before he's supposed to play his first match. If he doesn't get deported. I, I don't know. Like, is that a guaranteed fee? For signing, even I'm, signing up, who knows? I mean, he was there. It was his. It was Australia that kicked him out. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to get that or not. But either way, he's going to lose a hell of a lot of money on his position that he doesn't want to be vaxxed. It's his choice, but he's leaving a lot of money on the table. I don't know if I would do that. So similar to kind of how they're Give doing Give me a million it. dollars and I'll put a lot of shit in myself. Uh, yeah, right. Watch me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And they'll do it for 20s at times. On OnlyFans. <laughs> Here, give me one of Drake's condoms. Come on. He's going to get How much off. money you got? Come Quite on. a burn right Make there. Yeah. Certified lover boy. Um, <laughs> so kind of with what like what they're doing in Quebec where they're they're essentially telling you like, and I don't know if this will this will stand at the end of the day, but them saying we're going to tax people who aren't vaccinated mm-hmm. and, you know, the same as, uh, you know, we tax cigarettes and alcohol and blah, 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 blah. So if the if the government is saying uh, of Australia, if they're saying, well, to come in, here's our rules and here's what you need. And if you don't have it, you can't come in. At what point does the line 
become a hard line that you cannot get over, even if you are the defending champion of the Australian Open. Like, where where does the line become so solid that I, as an average person, can't say, well, that's privilege. Why can't I have that? Right. Well, there's been a couple of things that happened in national interests that were against public health guidelines, like right here in Canada. When we were locked down, there was a conversation about would it be good for the people who have to stay at home right now if we did find a way to let the NHL play? And they did, and people could stay home and they could watch hockey. And that was great. That was helpful. It was good for people to be able to see that. I kind of thought that if they were going to grant him the exemption, they would hang their hats on the fact that he actually can't get vaccinated now, even if he wanted to. And this is a big deal for Australia. So I thought they might let him in, but I think they're going to treat him just like anybody else. Like when they say national interest, I'm not quite sure what they mean, because I would have thought national interest would be granting the exemption to play. I I don't quite know what they're trying to accomplish here. Um, Is there risk to other players or fans? I don't see it. Potentially. They could mitigate that risk very, very easily if they just bubble him up, so to speak. You stay with your team. No shaking hands after your match, however they want to do it. I mean, it seems like there's very minimal risk to the Australian people or the other competitors. But Seems that way anyway. Yeah. Australia is Australia, though. Like we said, it's, they're, they're handling this a lot differently than other places. There's two clips I want to play for you before we get to a few other things. History has been made. 10 billion is an exceptionally high number, even though it's only 1% of Canada's national debt. Do you want to explain this one? That was the nerdiest like lineup. Yeah, to- right, right. <laughs> he, and in his mind, he's going, "Good one, Scott. Good one, Scott." If I can do a drive-by swipe at Trudeau, I'm going to do it. That's a drive-by. That was uncalled for, Scott. That was a Scott's not wearing glasses anymore, but he would be totally pushing the rim up between <laughs> his nose. <laughs> 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 I'm writing that one down. Uh, so here's the story: is that it's the very first time it's happened where a video has made history on YouTube. For hitting 10 billion views. And when you said that, I thought instantly, it's probably Bieber, maybe Drake. Gangnam Style. It's none of them. None of them. In fact, I probably, if you gave me 100 guesses, I still would have got this wrong. Do you know what this is? It's BTS. It's not even BTS. That I could see. I'll give you a hint, Dave. It's been played in my house uh, probably a billion of those times. One in 10 of these streams went to Cat. Get ready. Mommy shark. Are you familiar with this song, Dave? Yeah. Okay. What, what, am, I, what am I living on Mars? Of course I'm familiar with this song. <laughs> 10 billion views. Never heard of it. Yeah. I am not a one baby of them. shark. <laughs> I've never heard the whole thing. I have uh oh, you've sensitive never, ears. You don't even get to the end. You've never even gotten to the end where they have to run away and everything. Oh, shit. Oh it's God. a great story. The 21 Savage verse is unreal. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I noticed, though, when you played it this morning on our radio show is when it gets to the dad, when he does the daddy shark part, and I'm going to play it in a second. It's very reminiscent of when you're in a club and, and you know, like fucking uh, uh, yeah. Manzone and Strong, Tiesto, whoever you want. They're ready. And then you hear the build up, the build up, the build up. And then the boom, boom, boom. Yeah. The bass drop. This is the that's where the dad part is. So you're, tell- <laughs> you're telling me that Baby Shark has a fire drop. It has a drop. Listen to this. <laughs> it's coming up right here. You're ready to bounce. Daddy my parents get so offended by this part by the way really? so offended in the video and also the moves so there's dance moves to this for those that don't know yes i this see you is, do them all the time this is grandpa shark and grandma shark okay so what you're doing right now is you have your wrist connected and you're like knocking knuckles, knuckles. Okay. knocking knuckles to say there's no teeth. Basically, you're old as shit. If you are a grandma or a grandpa, you old as fuck. And grandma shark! It, it, denture shark. My mom's always like, what the fuck? I'm pretty sure I have all my teeth and mm-hmm. I don't look like that. Mm-hmm. It's very offensive. But anyway. There's going to be like a coalition of grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> grandparents against baby yeah, shark. Protesting yeah. the shark. 
It is a, it's a big track. 10 billion views. 10 so billion. That's yeah. insane. So what, in a typical space, like you said, about a billion of these plays are in your house. Uh, of course I exaggerate, <laughs> but yeah. So what is it, just on repeat? Or yeah. like the kids just, uh, one time's not enough? How many times do you have to hear yeah, it? Yeah, it's a short song. First and foremost, it is a short song. It's not a long song. Well, that's justice. Good. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. They just really love it. They they figured, whatever this formula is that they had going on, the pink fong figured out, they, they've really nailed it. Because kids want to hear it over and over and over and over and over again. That's usually what it is. Uh, I know some people who have that on, literally have to have it on repeat to keep their kids calm. Really? Yeah. Little kids mainly. Like, I mean, my oldest is over it. She doesn't care. But my youngest, who's almost three, she's lo- she loves it. So is it a, a call out, maybe even a cry out to some parents? Don't introduce your kids to this. If you can avoid it, avoid it. Like, would you, you know, honest answer, like, would you go back and not ever play it for them if you had known that you would have to listen to it as many times as you do? There's worse things, I think. Like, there's worse songs than that, I would say. So not not necessarily. Not necessarily. And the video that goes along with it, lots of colors, it's fun, whatever. I, what I would say to that, though, is that it's everywhere now. You go to a toy store, there's baby shark shit everywhere now. You can't really avoid baby sharks. Are they making a movie or something? There's a show... Uh-huh. Baby Shark Space Adventures, one you of them. You know way too much um, about this shit. Baby Shark Space Adventures already out, and there is a show, yes. Wow. It's only until, like, its first season, I think. You've changed. I know. <laughs> Baby Shark, well, they will answer the question, was there enough room on the door? <laughs> uh, okay, and why do I have this other clip in front of me that you loaded up here? Oh, this one? Okay, now, okay, so I don't want people to have Baby Shark in their head all day, so let's go with this one. Certified... 10 times platinum, which is now diamond status. Nobody should be surprised that it would make it here eventually. And it did. Here it is. But above all this, oh, yeah. I wish you so good, right? Love. All right. Go ahead and sing it wherever oh, you are, everybody. This is the beat drop part. Hit the note. God damn it, I miss Gosh. Whitney Houston. Flawless voice. Flawless. She was so fucking good. Ugh. Miss that lady. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet... You can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Can I go? You want to go back to the originator of that song, Dolly Parton? Yeah. She wrote that and Jolene in the same day. She's also she's a legend, is what that woman is. You got to protect Parton. her at gem. all costs. Absolutely. That's incredible. We have a couple of things on the uh, COVID front, and, and we're not going to take long on this because, frankly, I just can't anymore. I, I, I can't. But yesterday, Dr. Moore came out, and unfortunately, this is bad news for businesses. Here's the question. Hey there, Dr. Moore. Thank you so much for taking our questions, as always. Um, I wanted to start with uh, some harsh criticisms that we're hearing today from Ontario's business community. Uh, they're telling me that they feel they don't have clarity on when restrictions are going to lift or what specific metrics you and the government are watching to even make that decision. So what can you tell them about the likelihood of whether restrictions will lift on January 26th? And can you also explain what specific threshold needs to be met for specific indicators like hospitalizations or ICU occupancy or whatever indicator it is that you're watching for um, that you would give that advice to the province that it's time to lift restrictions? Thanks for keeping your question brief. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for that question. And, and I'm sorry, I know this is these are very difficult times. I'm very sorry that these 
measures have to be placed on businesses. Uh, and absolutely, it's our intent to keep them as short as possible. The key metrics that we're watching and working with the health system is to monitor uh, how many patients in intensive care, how many patients overall in hospital, how well they can be provided care, given that uh, many businesses now are having high absenteeism. Uh, it's certainly a, a, a major factor for our healthcare system now uh, that workers are catching Omicron, have to stay home. Uh, uh, and that is our key metric. We need, as, as a society, to continue to protect the healthcare system uh, to care for Ontarians who get sick from this virus. Uh, as well, we're monitoring other metrics, such as uh, the percentage of positive tests that are uh, now being collected through the PCR system. Uh, and we're working at modeling using some of these numbers through our expertise at Public Health Ontario and within the ministry uh, to be able to predict when we're going to see any further clarity uh, on Omicron uh, decreasing uh, and having a decreasing impact on our lives. Okay, that's enough, Dr. Moore. I don't, uh, I don't know how this is going to go down, but I see a very real scenario here where they don't reopen businesses on the 26th, and that is a tragedy. That feels that way, doesn't it? Oh, my God. It's like he's setting us up for it. That's the primer before you paint. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? With what happened with the schools a couple of weeks ago, where they're like, kids are going back, and then two days later, kids are not going back. <laughs> I think they're very hesitant now to say anything definitively anything. at all. And that's, and that's a hard thing because we need time to plan for things. If you're a small business owner who has to order stock, and are you able to open your doors again? And uh, if you're a restaurant... How much food do you order? Like all of that stuff yeah. is important and needs to be done with more than two days notice. My brother, my sister, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law all manage restaurants. All four oh, of them. Wow. All of them out of a job right oh, now. Geez. And one of the things that stood out to me was they're condemned to live off of $300 a week, Doug, just so you know, and they can't do it. Just so you know, it's not realistic, even though that 300 bucks a week comes from the feds. The amount of food they had to throw out because uh, that's awful. They that shut, is horrible. What was it? A Tuesday they shut them down, right? And most restaurant, yeah. a lot of restaurants are closed on a Monday. That's the way it works because they're open uh, basically Tuesday to Sunday. So they didn't even have a chance to use up what they had in. The amount of kegs of beer that had to just get thrown out or sent back to the manufacturer to be disposed of, the waste was insane. And every time they throw something out, that's throwing money out. When you throw out a perfectly good box of steaks, there's your profit for a day in some cases. And it all had to get gone. It's crazy. I yes. think the part of the frustration of this is that it, it seems as if they throw something out there, get public response to it, and if it's not positive, then they switch the plan. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey... Science is not an opinion here, friends. Like, let's mm -hmm. stop with this crap. Like, so these poor business owners, a great example, Scott's family, they can't plan and it doesn't it, it it takes way more than two days to get your your restaurant in order for a week for a month what what do you order the things are certain things you order that you order on a, like a monthly basis and there's things you order on a daily and on a weekly they can't do that it's amazing that they continue to and i say they and i i do mean that broadly all of all of the people who make these decisions claim that they're in touch with these people oh we're all i spoke with a restaurant owner so i understand did you though because it seems like you don't understand how it works mm -hmm. it really does they ordered they, they made an order to like burrito boys and they're like oh i spoke to someone at the restaurand yeah. and they said everything <laughs> Everything's good. It's like, what? No, it's not. Stop that. It's just like, to me, it's just so twisted, you know? Well, listen, I, I think that if, if they believe in the science and they believe in the, the way that they're doing this thing and they think they have a good plan in place, stick to your guns. And if people don't like it, people are not going to like it and they're going to say they don't like it. But there's a lot of people who are going to say they don't like it no matter what you say. Yeah. I mean, the the restrictions on, on restaurants and gyms and indoor attractions, it is disproportionately affecting young people who rely on those service industry type jobs. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. And they're also some of the easier jobs to get. How many protein bars does a gym have to order? <laughs> we need to know. We need to know. It's really, really frustrating. And if they... He's not saying, no, they're not opening on the 26th. If he had say, no, they're they're not opening on the 26th, we'd be having a different conversation. Right now, he's speculating because he says he doesn't know. But let's keep in mind that all of this shit is because they're waiting for something that hasn't happened yet. They were waiting for the ICUs to hit, what was it? They said 600 people in the ICU by New Year's Eve? Yeah. Yeah, That, that was two weeks happen. ago. Yeah. 
and, didn't happen. and we're still not even there. So I don't know. I mean, most of the experts seem to agree that Omicron has hit its peak and a virus does that. By the time it's gone through the entire population, it runs out of people to infect. And we're getting closer to that point. Everybody I know has been sick in the last two weeks. I'm still dodging it like crazy, and I'm happy that I've done that. Unless I had it's it and didn't even weed, realize it. It's all it. your weed smoking. It could be. Oh, and on that note, before we talk about the truck drivers, I know we have a lot of incredible truck drivers that listen to After 9. They download and take us with them across North America. Thank you for that. There is more research that backs up what we talked about yesterday. Oregon State University, they did some research. They found there's something to it in pot. There is a compound that actually sticks to the cells where COVID would try and infect, and it keeps COVID out of those cells. So if you're a heavy cannabis user, according to preliminary research from Oregon State, you're at a much better level of protection it's than like if you didn't smoke safety it. dome, man. Just like a pot user to say that weed fixes everything. It, well, you certainly won't give a shit about much. But here's more new research. This is from the University of Waterloo. They've discovered that the non-psychoactive compound... CBD found in the cannabis plant primes your immune system of cells, potentially offering protection against pathogens such as SARS-CoV-2, that genome. The lead researcher is a prof in the Department of Kinesiology and Health Sciences. She says in cells that had not been exposed to the COVID proteins, CBD in therapeutic amounts seems to prime the innate antiviral system of cells increasing their readiness to respond to viral infection and that this happened without acti- activating ap- apoptosis. I don't know how to say Your that. guess is as good as mine. In healthy cells. You Listen, know. that's somebody who did the research and, and that's two studies in two days mm. that have found a definite link. Now, whether the link is actually in the CBD or in the THC, I don't know, but there's something there in cannabis that's helping people not catch COVID or not experience those super severe symptoms. Just like a pothead to say that weed will protect <laughs> you from everything. <laughs> well, we're just saying there's some plans for the weekend for some people. Oh, but it's it's a false sense of security, though. Like people will think, well, well in that case, oh, I won't catch it then. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, there's too sure. many people working on definitives all the time, and it's like if you tell me one thing, it has to be the same thing. Ten days, ten weeks, ten months, whatever it be down the line, when stuff changes in between. And it's the same thing here. It's like, well, if I smoke weed, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna yeah, get COVID. Yeah. That's like, not that's the not what's being we said. should say that's not the moral of the story. There's just studies, these are early studies, but they have found that. They will dig deeper now that they found this, we assume, and maybe more studies will come out. What Who about knows? the urine drinkers? Like Oh, that's, that's don't oh shit. Like that's the most recent silliness. <sighs> Speaking of silliness. How did this happen that on Wednesday, Canada Border Services sent out a memo in advance because tomorrow the law kicks in that you have to be fully vaccinated to drive a truck into Canada. The CBSA put out a release on Wednesday saying Canadian truckers are going to be exempt for now. And Canadian truckers that are unvaxxed were probably like, oh, fuck, cool. All right, great. I don't have to self-isolate for 14 days. I don't need to do the molecular test at the border anymore. This is great. Then yesterday, the federal government came out and said, yeah, that was sent out in error. We're not doing that. Back to the original plan. You must be fully vaxxed. It's after the first announcement. You're waiting for the... Isn't it a very Doug thing to do? We're going to say one thing one day and something completely different the next? Well, they got so much negative feedback, and I don't know what changed in those two days, like from a scientific perspective, but it's, to me, it's the messaging. All of it is the messaging. It's what you tell people. And and if you go back on your word, people are not going to trust you. And, And they're not understanding that the response from people is going to be a gut reaction. Nobody's going to sit and say, well, let's look at the science on this, and, and maybe I am overreacting. Nobody says that. They're going to go, well, this is stupid. And then when they hear that two days from now, it's changed. They go, but they just said this. And then now all of a sudden, the burden is on on the people who said it in the first place. Okay, but that's fair criticism, though. When oh, it, absolutely it is. is. Especially in this situation, and particularly yeah. when you're talking about people's lives. I mean, when parents heard, kids are going back to school on Wednesday... And then Doug comes out on a Monday and says, fuck that, they're staying home for two weeks. People have a right, I think, to be angry about that. It's history. That's all. We're just looking back on history, which is why I'm still, like, waiting for till like, Sunday night to get excited about that. 
My problem with that is sent out in error. That's what I'm wondering. Like, okay, How did that happen? That's the wrong. You guys use the wrong term. That's not oh, sent out in error. Sent out in error is like if I accidentally te- text you something and it was like a flub text. Oh, sorry. That was I sent that in error. I accidentally, you know, sent it. You you typed this out in a formal way and clearly had your mind. Ma- what did you have two different two different notifications? One was like, if we go this way, we, we have this ready to go. And if we have this. Way. No, you had your mindset on that. Don't don't say it was sent out in error as if like, oops, we hit send too early. But really what we meant was this. You obviously changed your mind. Why did you change your mind? And what happened to make you change your mind? You know, just we're missing that transparency everywhere. We're missing it. Everything is very political right now. And they'll do things like make off the cuff statements just to see how they go over. And that's almost a good litmus test for them as to whether or not this is a good policy. Quebec did it with that vax tax. Is that actually going to happen? I highly doubt it. Is it going to happen for this year? No fucking way. And you know what's funny? The announcement worked in well, Quebec and to an extent. With how many did people? Did they have more out, people? They had yeah. seven thousand. Yeah. They had a nice surge Deuce. after that announcement. Yeah. Seven thousand people got shots, but there's also seven thousand people that are getting sick of getting the boots put to them. I mean, they just—they're really, really hammering people in Quebec. And uh, uh, at first, it was just the curfew, which they've now agreed to lift on Monday. And then they said, if you're unvaxxed, you can't go to the liquor store or the beer store. <sighs> all right, fine. There's ways around that. Now they're saying you can't go to any retail at all. I mean, at what point are you taking away incentives and really just being punitive? And that's going to be a question that I'm pretty sure some of these politicians, not all, but some of them are going to have to answer when the inquiries eventually happen or it goes to court. I'm actually shocked that none of this has been tested in court yet. It's pretty crazy to me, but we'll see what happens. Either way, if you're in Quebec, if you're vaxxed, okay, you were on curfew just as much as the unvaxxed people were, and, and they're going to keep telling you it's the unvaxxed here, but frankly, that doesn't add up. I, I really don't see that. I I don't know where our hospital capacity went. I get that there's people self-isolating, but our system, allegedly, the greatest universal healthcare system in the world, the best in the face of the earth. There's a lot of people wondering right now, how can we possibly make that claim when there's cancer patients that can't get treatment? How can we make that claim when there's people that can't get the treatment and diagnoses that they need, need a matter of life and death because we are so preoccupied with COVID. Keep in mind, last May, there were 900 people in the ICU. We have 500 right now. And half of those aren't 500 COVID patients. Half of those aren't even there for COVID related reasons. General hospitalizations, not specifically ICU. But you know what I mean? We shouldn't be teetering on the brink. At this point, now, and really what it comes down to is money. Where's the money? Somebody's got to fund this system properly because it seems like we've really just been screwing around all these years. Our hospitals getting overrun is not new. They were almost overrun in 2018, in 2017, in 2016. This seems to happen regularly, COVID or not. And frankly, I don't understand why we're still in this position. If we have the crown jewel of healthcare models, how can it be this bad? Mm -hmm. And can we all, no matter what your political leanings are, can we all agree that healthcare is a priority? It has to be a priority. Yeah. Yeah, and whether, I don't see there's too many people who would be mad with us investing more. No, and then you look at what they or do spend money on. Or sm- smarter. Uh, better. Yeah. And you look at what they do spend money on, right? You take a look at that every single year. We get to know what they're spending money on, and you go, I'm sorry, you spent, you spent, you know, $15 million on this. Is that really necessary? Why wouldn't we put that into these more important things like yeah. hospitals when they're spending money over here on whatever it might be that really, at this stage in the game, doesn't fucking matter? When we're talking about people's lives over on this side. And, and to be fair, I will say this, that you know the expectation maybe is un, a little unrealistic in the fact that you can't just say, yeah, we'll spend the money tomorrow and then tomorrow the shovel goes in the ground. It's not that easy. But mm-hmm. these conversations need to be happening now if they're not. Why are we still charging a perfectly qualified person who actually wants to go into medicine, whether it be a doctor, a nurse, a respiratory therapist? Could we not... Maybe just waive some of these fees, these school fees. Could we not cover their education for them, providing they agree to work in an Ontario healthcare setting for, say, five years? We'll pay your tuition. You'll get educated for free. You'll be a nurse or a doctor or a respiratory therapist or an x-ray technologist or whatever. In four years, we'll pay for it as long as you agree to work here for 10 years. Why have we not started throwing out incentives like that to get more people? Because the problem is people. 
It's not beds. It's not the number of hospitals. It's people. We just don't have enough of them. Tuition may be one thing. That's that's a lot. But those little things that you mentioned are not little things when you add them up. The licenses. You know, the amount of money that that's spent on licenses and this and that. There's a lot of little things that add up when you do work in healthcare. So why not at least throw them a bone there? Yeah, I mean, it could help. It could, it's possible. Still think my idea sticks and it should be picked up by hospitals all across this country. Bunk bed, hospital beds. Yeah. That's it. If we have a shortage, why don't we just double up the space we have? Yeah, yeah. you know. You could double ICU sure. capacity with yeah. bunk beds. Yeah, nurses and doctors have no problem. They'd be excited to climb ladders to go see patients. It'd be fine. <laughs> imagine one person was coding right in, right above your face. Yeah. Like, could you fucking imagine? It's nice. I think someone's seizing above me. Nurse! Doctor! Anybody! Bedpan slips. Fucking oh, You want to be on the top bunk every bed. time. Top bunk, top bunk. I call top bunk. Oh, fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor climbing the ladder with a clipboard and like one hand having to do it with one hand and like this is whose stupid idea was this? Is this is a terrible idea, Dave Blizzard. <laughs> How bad is the supply chain issue going to get with the amount of truckers that can't come here? Yeah. I don't think this is as much of a problem for Canadians because we already know 90% of Canadians are truck drivers. Or sorry, 90% of Canadians Holy are crap. vaxxed. <laughs> sorry, 90% are vaxxed. Whoa! But... I, I would have to assume that that's basically across all industries. So I think it's probably reasonable to assume that at least 80, 85 percent of truck drivers are fully vaccinated. But we know that not nearly as many Americans are. And if there's Americans, whether they're driving for a, a local farm or for Walmart or Amazon or whatever, they're just not going to come to Canada because they can't get in anyway. How much is that going to screw with us? If there's 30,000 truck drivers that come to Canada on a regular basis and that gets cut down to 10,000. That's two-thirds longer. you got to wait for shit. Mm. I have a lot of questions on this one. Like, for me, truck drivers, for the most part, they're, they kind of remain on their own. They're they very not? isolated. Like, they're, they're pretty as isolated as you get in the, you know, in the industry. Except sure. For the, those bathrooms at the truck stops, there's some seedy stuff going on in there. You know, you have to stop at a gas station. You have to stop to get food. But everybody, everybody does. Yeah. I, I don't. So that I just that one boggles my mind. Keep in mind, there's also a lot of exemptions for people coming into work. And I know this for sure. There's people, a lot of people coming into work here in Canada that are from the States, as an example, that get exempted. So I could see a lot of exemptions happening because I know that's happening now. There's people from the States coming into work here, you know, doing things uh, and they get exempt. So. Who's not to say that there might be some truck drivers that do get exempt, but still it is the principle of the whole thing. And it does have people asking a lot of questions. Yeah. I mean, we're, uh, this isn't a spread issue. You're absolutely right. So, so what why? is it? Yeah. You know, I mean, I really thought that the goal was to go after the highest risk stuff. And I thought that's why we close gyms and restaurants. But if that's not the case, if this is just a blanket thing, what are we doing at this point? It's a little confusing is what it is to me. Switching gears. Dave, can a long-distance relationship work? Uh, generally speaking, yes. You ever had one? I'm trying to think what the longest-distance relationship would be. With someone you actually knew and were in a relationship <laughs> with. Oh, yeah, I fair. don't mean like a celebrity yeah. you had a crush on no. or something. No, yeah. They don't know they're in a relationship with me, but sure. Um, uh, I think every, every situation is different and, and deserves its own um, eyeballs, but I think generally speaking, you can make it work. Actually, you can. One in four have been in a long-distance relationship for. And of the 25%, 31% of those worked out. Well, that's encouraging, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Long-distance relationship is defined differently depending on who you ask. Some people might think, well, fuck I live in Burlington and they live in North York. That's a long distance relationship. That's it. Right? It's traffic. All, traffic's a fucking yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Forget it. It's all subjective. I can't date somebody who lives yeah. in Midtown. What? If you don't, yeah, if you don't drive, your situation changes. Sure. All of that stuff comes into play. Yeah. yeah. Other people would define long distance relationship as another province or another country. 32% of people who've dated long distance say they would never do it again. 51% overall say they were long distance for more than a year though. So it can work. Yeah. The number one reason it didn't work, that it failed, bad communication. Is that just you missed the FaceTime or are you just not good at articulating your feelings? I, I'm not sure what the bad communication would be. 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, if you have to be good at responding to the person, you know, if if one per, if it's very one sided, and this could go for any relationship, but if it's very one sided, and you're like, hey. Let's make sure that we, you know, we have that nightly phone call. Every night we're on the phone for an hour together. We FaceTime every night at nine. That's what we do. That's (laughs) our thing. And then, you know, you have a, oh, sorry. You know what? Can't tonight. I'm busy. I got work. You trust that they've got work. They're busy. And then the next night rolls around and didn't hear from them again. Oh, sorry. I was working. Then you start to get a little skeptical. Things get a little bit sketchy and that could ruin things. Then you get a pocket FaceTime and all you hear is like, boom, boom, boom. In the background, you're like, (laughs) no, really, I'm working. Oh, you, bye. (laughs) 11%. This is more than one in 10 people that are currently in a long distance relationship. Have never met the person they're in a relationship with. They've never met them in person. My wife watches that 90 Day Fiance show. Right, right. And they have like people who meet online. That's fine. But does she make you watch Don't say my wife because I think you do too. You say she's the one that maybe initiates it, but you stick around. Not by choice. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I, I won't stick with every season of it, um, but I am watching the current one with her now, and I'm, I'm annoyed with it every single episode because it's just it's such unbelievable trash junk food TV. It's so bad for you. Um, but I watch this show and I go, how, how, how have they been? They've been FaceTiming for nine months, and now they say I, they, they love each other and all of this, and then they get together and they're like, well, this is awkward, and they can't—they can't spend four <laughs> minutes with each other. And I'm like, well, yeah. what do you go back? Do you at that point, if it didn't work out physically, do you go back to the online relationship? But if you're in a a relationship with someone you've never even met, are you really in a relationship, or are you just in like a, a masturbation session online every now and again? Because that's what it kind of seems like's going on here. Good point. Good point. I feel like there's there's a couple different people. There's people who feel like, and even if you're with someone, just picture it, okay? You're single. You're single. You're single. Could you find yourself doing that? Like just, hey, we met online or in our fan group for whatever the fuck you're fans of, <laughs> and you start connecting that way. I, I mean, I wouldn't consider that a relationship. For me, relationship is see, feel, <laughs> touch, <laughs> you know, in person. I don't think I could ever manage to do either A, long distance, or B, We've never met in person yet. I think there's an awful lot of, um, and I don't mean physical as in you're physical together, but I mean, there's a lot that changes when you are physically with a person in the same room. And that could completely change your opinion of what you get from that little square on your screen. Yeah. And sometimes you make in your mind, you can make it make sense to you. You can go, yes, I I know I can be with this person, you know, because our chats are great. You know, our text messages are great. But then, like you said, you meet in person and the chemistry just actually isn't there yeah. at all. Like I said, they can't get past four minutes in the same room as each other because now they're like, huh, I'm super awkward. Yeah, yeah. In the name of honesty and transparency, Cleveland.com, Cleveland is home to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. decided to actually do a detailed accounting of some of the people that are in their Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And according to their research, there's about 100 of them that don't actually belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They used an actual system that took into account each artist's appearance on various lists, like the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums of All Time, V500 Greatest Albums of All Time, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die, stuff like that. And when you factor it all in, every number one single each act released included, and every 10 million albums they sold... There's a lot of acts that shouldn't be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, Dave, rock's more your jam, so to speak. Yes. Uh I'm going to give you the list of people they say should be yanked out of the Hall of Fame because they must have been put there in error. First one to go, (laughs) the Foo Fighters. Oh, get the hell out of here. (laughs) It's Dave Grohl's birthday today. Is it really? Yes, it is. So stupid. The Go-Go's. Oh, get out of here. Notorious B.I.G. should not be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm a Offended. And yeah, because we said way, a Dave's, name that you knew. Dave's we- <laughs> <laughs> I was Googling the rest of them, okay? Dave's wearing a Biggie shirt, uh, sweater right now. Wait, do you spell Foo with two O's? I, uh, How dare you? Stevie Nicks should I love not- Foo Fighters, for the record. I do. So gonna, do I. You're going to tell me Stevie Nicks does not belong in Te- the Technically, Rock and Roll her Hall on fame. her own does not belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's so dumb. This is this is this you know is an, so annoying. I, you haven't even finished the list. I'm pissed. But uh, this is, it's, it's so... Because some of those things could be considered subjective, No. 
Uh, like absolutely. Based on their criteria. Yeah. Based on the criteria, it's so subjective. So one person's list is so different from another person's. This is just these people. I would like to know their their specifics and the criteria and then throw it out the window. Mm-hmm. Because every yeah. name you've mentioned are pretty close to household names. Yeah. We should just start a household names list. Like, why don't we just scrap that one and we'll start a new one? Def Leppard should not be in the Rock Hall of Fame. Neither should Bon Jovi. Neither should Journey. Oh, fuck off. They're just doing this for publicity, aren't they? NWA should be kicked out. Oh, no, no, you know. No. Kiss, Hall and Oates. Yeah, they can go. Fuck them. <laughs> Keep Hall. <laughs> fuck Oates. Oates has got to go. The Leafs ruined Hall and Oates. Let me just tell you that. Yeah, I agree. True. Can we change that? Come on. The goal song? Come on. Okay, you know what? That's off at topic. First, at first it was funny, and then it was like, okay, still. Uh, now I'm just getting, I don't like it at all. Okay, but I mean... It's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. That's it. I'm embarrassed to be a Leafs fan with that stupid song. Get the fuck out of here. No. (laughs) No. I won't. I I loved when, um, going years back now, when the Canadians were successful, they had uh, U2 Vertigo as their their goal song and the entire crowd would sing it every time and it was just not even whether you like the song or like the band or not it was just a great pump-up song after a goal hall of notes i don't hear that it's not and you know what maybe if we change that then maybe we would actually win some shit like playoff wise you think it's the song yep (laughs) jay you know jay's up to bat me i love the, the 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 model of the jay should be in place for the goals and it sucks for the person at the controls for the leafs but if, you know, Nylander scores, he's, his fucking song gets to play. So like a walk-up song, it's, except it's after a goal. that's going to pump you up. Like, I want to hear my fucking song. I'm going to score. It's a walk-off Just like your song. Walk, it's a walk-off song. This, oh. is a, this is my, you know, bat flip song, you know, basically, but for hockey. You mean you want hockey to do exactly what professional lacrosse does. Is that what lacrosse ah. does? Players have their own goal songs. Can we can we connect these two? Can we make this happen? Scott, come on. Hey, I've been saying for a long time, it's people should watch lacrosse. Uh, by the way, the Toronto Rock game, because they can't have fans in First Ontario Centre right now. Uh, tomorrow night, they're playing the Halifax Thunderbirds. The game is on TSN nationwide. Go Rock, go. There's a few more that are getting kicked out of the Hall of Fame. If we were to go by this, John Mellencamp is out. Stevie Ray Vaughan is out. Joan Jett Come on. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Neil is Diamond. A joke? Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie Raitt's in the Hall of Fame? She should be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Earth, Wind, and Fire, gone. Keep Earth and Fire. Get rid of Wind. <laughs> let's, let's all agree. <laughs> no, this list is annoying because I don't know what algorithm they used. I don't know what, what scientific method no, they went with. I feel like there's not one. I feel like there's not one. I call bullshit. You can't say the... like. Foo Fighters or Bon Jovi or, or any of those names on the list don't belong in the Hall of Fame. Kiss? I think I disagreed with every single one Kiss. of them. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. They you don't even be- have to like Kiss to know that they belong there. You may only rock and roll some of the nights <laughs> and some of the days, but you will still enjoy Kiss. It's Kiss. Anyone who's iconic to me, like, and maybe that's not what the whole purpose of it is, but anyone who's iconic, like a lot of those names you mentioned, should be in there. I don't get it. That's just by going by the various accolades that they have achieved. And frankly, there's a lot that stay in, but those are the ones that are in that technically shouldn't be when you raise the bar. And Kat, I think we should raise the bar on rock. I don't give a shit. I'm just kidding. I don't really care at all. (laughs) It doesn't really make a difference. Those people that you mentioned, all of them, still rich. Out of all of the accomplishments, too, I think the biggest one out of it is influence. Mm-hmm. Look at how many how many groups were yeah. influenced by those names that you just yeah. put. How many yeah. artists looked up to those artists that you just named? Yeah. Unbelievable. That's why I turn more toward like a billboard thing because that's based on like facts. You know, that's based on the real hardcore facts. But this was based on facts. They just used alternate facts. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is fake news. <laughs> Could you imagine being a Bon Jovi fan and going to the Hall of, uh, or a Def Leppard fan even? You go to the Hall of Fame and they don't have anything about Def Leppard. <laughs> You'd be like, what? What is this place? It, at a certain point, I do believe it is to, to stir up some controversy and have people talking and that's what they're doing right rock and roll hall of fame rolling stone's really good with that rolling stone will release their list of the best of this and that and they i feel like they purposely leave people out just to get people talking and it works every year they come up with this damn list here's our new list of the best terrible things that people like yeah and and it (laughs) and it works yeah you're like wait a minute we eat it up man we're like nom 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 nom. give me that shit i want to correct you we love it last thing and uh, there's no right or wrong answer here, but I, I actually read a pretty interesting thread on Reddit about this. A great discussion. If you are vegan, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and you get invited out to, or any dietary restriction or preference. Okay. You're going out to a restaurant with all your friends, and you're going to a steakhouse, for example. They don't really meet your dietary needs. In the same way that you can bring a bottle of wine to a restaurant in Ontario, you just pay a corking fee, and they will open the wine, your wine for you and serve it. I know where you're going with what you're doing. Will it ever be okay? Could it? Should it be okay when you go to a restaurant, you bring your own food? (laughs) Open a container of tofu? (laughs) And and you would pay just like a little fee, and they will warm it up for you or whatever. But you can bring your own food to a restaurant. So like an uncorking fee? It would be like the uncorking fee, but it would be like the warming up fee. (laughs) Here's a zap fee. You know what? Honestly, I I don't hate it. I don't I, I, I don't hate it. I don't know why you'd find yourself in a restaurant. There are certain circumstances where you would find yourself in a restaurant that you don't necessarily feel like you 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 work with, right? Like you're a vegan, I'm gonna invite you to the keg. There's things on the menu you can have. Yes. Right? Yep. For sure. There mm-hmm. are. But it wouldn't be your first choice. But maybe you're going because it's a work event or you know, so your friend really, really wanted to go, or you have a gift card. I don't fucking know. But then add that fee. I think that that's okay. I don't think the restaurant should be too upset about it. Like if you're talking about a family dining scenario, uh, you want to fee at Kelsey's because you can't stand any other food. Fine. I think it's fine. I mean, I bring food for my kids when I go out with them. You were well. You were a server. How would you feel if you're serving a table and somebody just opens up a <laughs> like a Sobeys bag and then just it's, starts piling out an, like Tupperware dishes full happened. of their meals? An old it's bay happened. cell jar. Can yeah. you throw this in the microwave <laughs> yeah, for me? Exactly. <laughs> the takeout container that you've had in your drawer for six months. It's Got happened. Got this from Chinese food. Yeah. Never mind. I have seen that before and? when I was serving. I, do, I personally didn't, I didn't give a shit. I didn't care. I said, are you going to buy something? Yeah. And they would buy whatever it is. Like, yeah, no, I'm getting it out, but like, I don't like this. Or they bring their own drink. That was very common because they didn't have exactly what, the, non-alcoholic, but they brought their own drink because you guys have, I heard you guys have Pepsi. I brought a Coke. I just can't do Pepsi. So they'll bring, a, I, I don't give a shit. I don't care, but I don't run the restaurant. Do you so. charge them an unbottling fee for the, the Coke <laughs> an that they bring? An uncracking yeah. fee? No. I mean, I, I think that this is okay as long as the restaurant comes up with what they think is a fair amount for, for doing it. Yeah. Where do you draw the line, I guess? Well, yeah, y- yeah. you actually said the magic word. The first kids. thing that popped into my mind was kids. If you've got a kid who's a it. real picky eater, mm-hmm. uh, maybe nothing on the menu at the keg appeals to your toddler, but they really like mac and cheese with chopped up hot dogs in it. You should bring mac and cheese with chopped up hot dogs and then you can have your nice family meal whether you bought it from there or not yeah i actually don't have a problem with this but if you're a chef i could see why you'd be deeply offended by this okay let me throw this scenario at you then if we're gonna okay this and cat brings mac and cheese with cut up hot dogs into a restaurant that just so happens to serve mac and cheese and they have hot dogs and they'll go we can make that for you should they then say well we will have to charge you because we make that if somebody comes in with a steak to the keg and goes, <laughs> you want to throw that in the grill so, for me? It's all good. I made my own. Like, <laughs> what do they go? Just I go, just oh, wanted whoa. your seat. Like, yeah. why would why would you go? Is the thing like, there's got to be a reason for why you would go, though. In that scenario, yeah, if they happen to have exactly what you're looking for. But kids are picky. I feel like it's different. And if I were a restaurant owner, I'd be like, look at these two people. Let's say it's a couple that brought their kid. These two are ordering a steak and it ain't cheap. So I don't give a shit if they give a free, the kids meals are like $8 or maybe at most like $15 if you really want to go crazy. Who cares? These two are still going to spend a lot of money. And as long as you're spending money in a restaurant, I, I find they usually don't have a problem. So should there be a cash minimum? You have to spend a certain amount to be able to bring your own food. <laughs> that could be one way to do it. That could be one way to do it. Hey, if I'd like I, to borrow your cutlery, please. Is a fee, or that could be one, or that could be another way. If, a minimum spend. If I really want a rib steak, but they've only gotten a New York strip. Well, I'd still like my rib steak, so I can just come in there with some raw meat and slap it down in there, front of the waitress. Make that. <laughs> I'll be out of here in exactly six minutes. Just it's like, what do you fucking barbecue it yourself? Get out of here. <laughs> Which is exactly what they would say if you started bringing your own food at, at, of any other yeah. kind. Just listen. If you're gonna if you're gonna do that though and bring your own thing, clean up after yourself is the only thing. They don't. Even if it's you got a toddler and you're trying to go out, or a baby even that can only have like Cheerios and goldfish. Don't leave that shit all over the floor for them to clean up. That's all I'll say about that. Okay, what if, though, and this is last hypothetical, I want to go to the keg, and you know what? I like the keg because I like their, I don't know, baseball sirloin or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
but the apps are so expensive, and I do like apps. So what if I'm going in, and I'm going to order that steak entree, <laughs> but I brought that? my own mozzarella sticks or something <laughs> like that. I made myself a Caesar salad. Can, can I just whip that out at the table and eat it? Amazing restaurants will make the salad right at the table for you. Could you imagine you just you bring your own setup? You, <laughs> you have the, the tray table, you open it up, and you just start squeezing the lemon and putting in the garlic. You'd be like, oh, Caesar for the table. I brought some eggs and sardines. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't work here. You can't make a salad at a table. <laughs> no, I've got my own, but can you bring me out that wheelie tray thingy just so I can make it right here at the table? Yeah, the oils and everything. It's all fancy looking. And <laughs> I need the tongs. I didn't bring the tongs. Can you get me some tongs? I don't know who would go to those lengths, but I would question, why are you even here? You know, why are you here? Go home. You know what? If that was an option, I'll bet you people would do it. Maybe. I'm thinking they would. Why would you need a, a meal before a meal anyway? Appetizers are interesting, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, but we all go for them. Even if you split an appetizer, most people order an app, I would think. I mean, you tell me. You yeah. used to work in the, the, the industry. A lot of people go for an app. I find you usually it's when you're really hungry and you, you know the meal's going to take longer than an app would. That's the point of it, kind of, yeah. right? Is like Hold you over? Yeah. Like you're going to die if you wait another yeah. six minutes to eat? A bit, a, exactly. <laughs> no, server, don't no, don't leave. I know you just took my drink order, but we need to order an app right now, and it needs to be out soon. I think that's more like I'm really freaking hungry. Did I you, need to eat something sooner than later. But eat Did, that loaf of bread they put in front that's of you. That's it, yeah. If it's that. <laughs> I need a loaf of bread before my meal, please. That's, I know. Like, that, that gets me, too. Did that's you get funny. that a lot as a server, where people would, as soon as the drink menu gets in, they're like, okay, I'll go get those in for you. And they're like, actually, wait, 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 we're actually ready to do an app as well. And they like pull you back in. I would always ask. I say I don't like when a server doesn't ask. If you want an app? Yeah. I would say I would absolutely let me take your drink order. If I'm in a rush, I say, hey, I'm in a rush. It's been so many years, but that's what I would do. I remember that. And I would say, do you want to order apps now? You want to take a look at the menu? What do you want? Just to make sure. Because then people feel awkward also. People feel very awkward approaching servers by things or being like, ah, wait, but I, I can, okay, I'll just wait for you. It's fine. No, you should be up front. Do you want something? Do you want anything right now? Or should, do you just want me to put the drinks in? Great. Hey, toots, I need a six foot bruschetta yeah. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Hey, toots. The whole in a hurry thing, there's different scenarios where it's not okay. If you only have an hour for lunch and you want to go in and have something at, I don't know, the keg or Eastside Mario's, it's probably fair to tell them, I've really only got an hour. Is it possible to do this? And they'll probably tell you, yep. yes, we can or no, we can't. Yep. The one that bugs me is when you go to those restaurants that are always in the little plaza where the movie theaters are, and you show up at 6 o'clock for a 7 o'clock movie, and you expect drinks, yeah. apps, entree, bill paid, and you in your seat in the theater an hour later, either plan better or piss off. That's not the restaurant's problem that you're bad at planning out your evening. How many times do you think a conversation's happened where they said, do you think we could bring the rest of this artichoke chip into the movie? Do you think anyone would notice? <laughs> Maybe they should do that. We get a bag of pita bread to go. Yeah. Y you know what? I I'm going to be over there. Can you guys just bring it there when it's ready instead yeah. of to the table? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be in uh, aisle 17, seats four and five. Quick, put the quesadilla in your purse. Let's go. Fold up a quesadilla and just pop it in. Oh, you brought your Tupperware because you, you brought your own appetizer, so you probably have room to stick the quesadilla in. Now, fast forward to being in the theater and sitting next to someone who's pulling a quesadilla out of their fridge. Yeah. Mm. Just having some antihitos. <laughs> Can you hold the sour cream? I, don't, I only have two hands. <laughs> some strangers holding You've your dip. I've got a cup holder, but I don't have a sour cream holder. I don't understand it. It's not a modern theater. i got a loaf of bread and a plate full of oil and vinegar. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> plate still from the restaurant. <laughs> took the whole well, plate. I gotta dip it. Oh, the whole time you're looking at that going, it's just wonderful that they split like that and they just don't really ever mix. And it's <laughs> trying to do the math and trying to figure out the science behind it. It's like magic. Yeah. <laughs> Alright guys, we went long. Have a great weekend. Be warm. It's freaking cold outside. Take care of your animals and your old people and we'll see you back here on Monday. According to a new study, average American spends one-third of our waking hours on a mobile device. Am I the only one who thinks that sounds low? I don't know. <laughs> we are on our phones all the time. We also downloaded 230 billion apps. I have at least half of them on my phone right now. A city in California wants to use green lasers to try and drive away thousands of crows that have become a public nuisance. But the lasers will backfire when thousands of crows are replaced by thousands of cats. <laughs> Well, this is big news today. Buckingham Palace announced that Queen Elizabeth has stripped Prince Andrew of all his royal affiliations. That's right, she stripped Prince Andrew, making her far and away the oldest woman to ever strip Prince Andrew. <laughs>
actress Megan Fox and musician Machine Gun Kelly announced their engagement and said they drank each other's blood. That's right. He got down on one knee, then two knees, then passed out from blood loss. The After Nine Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it.